what sort of mindset is one normally expected to be in before a funeral? Oh, God. Uh, that's a big one. Uh, I think it would probably depend on whose funeral, I suppose. Uh, I think, although I've not been to loads, I do think it depends on the reason you're going there, which, I mean, obviously you're going there... The, the, the reason you're going there is quite obvious, but what I mean is, like, what is your connection to the deceased? Uh, so, for example, uh, I mean, w what funerals have I been to? I've been to, I've been to two uh, for my, my my dad's parents. That's my, my dad's mum and my dad's dad in 2010, I want to say. And then I think it was my dad's mum in 2014. Um, so because they were like my grandparents, we were super close. Uh, I don't know, it's a strange one really, because you don't, re I guess you don't really think about your mindset before, you just sort of get up and it's just like, oh right, well I guess we're going to the funeral. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it depends though, I mean, I suppose you, you're going to be in a different place if like, you, you, you knew the person really, really well, and also I guess down to your own beliefs as well i mean i i'm quite <laughs> over the past like few years i if i'm being completely honest i've become quite emotionally detached from the world anyway so i just remember for like both of the funerals for me i was just sort of numb uh but i think that generally comes from my sort of outlook on life and on death which is um I try to just sort of see it as, because I'm, you know, as anyone has, if anyone's listened thus far to the episodes we've recorded, they they might realise that I'm an atheist. You know, I'm not the most spiritual person. Uh, you know, I just I understand that death is just an it's an inevitability, and it's just something that is, uh, and it's sad, I guess, to see someone go. But at the same time, uh, it is what it is. You know. And uh, I try not to let it get me down too much, but I also do have, like, semi-regular panic attacks that are brought on by, like, existential dread. Uh, you know, that you because know, death does scare me a lot, uh, just in the sense that it's the end of all consciousness. Or the fact that I'm probably going to go to hell. Well, I'm probably going to go to hell, which is definitely where I'm going. So if it's real, I'll be there. Uh, but that's fine, because I'll get to hang out with, like, you know... Mussolini and Hitler and Pol Pot and see what those guys are all about. Uh, but um, welcome to the light entertainment show that is Plopcast. Uh, I know <laughs> that there was. I did deliberately. I know that I'd try and do a cold opening, but I did do that as a deliberate juxtaposition to what we said. Oh, it was deliberate, last was time, it? Just quite some time ago now. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a deliberate juxtaposition to us trying to get more. Us trying to say we need more giggles and and bants in the show. Um, I mean, I I specifically asked about the funeral just because at, at the time of recording, I have I've got a funeral tomorrow, um, and it's going to be like because we've not lived near um, my dad's parents for years now. Like it's still going to be a long drive, and that'd be a long drive then to get to the crematorium, then or the the chapel or whatever, then back again on the same day. Um, but it, it, it well. It's been a while since I've been to a funeral. I think the last one I went to was, I want to say like 
it's like 2010 to 2011 um maybe even 2012 and i think like it was weird because i was invited even though i would met the guy once i was still invited or like i think um the daughter was told like you can bring bring whoever friend how many ever friends you want to you know whoever you'll feel will be able to help at mm. this time um but i ask just because I know it's like my, my grandparents, and I think I know that I'd be certainly not more distorted as my parents. Sure. And it also, like, we we don't see them all the time. Like, I know a lot of people... I mean, the, the one of the downsides, I guess, to being educators is you generally flee the nest. And my dad did that, my mum did that, you know, and then in our own way, you know, I know that people are coming back together because of the pandemic, but myself and my sisters have all, at, you know more or less fled the nest for some time or like you know or can have the capability of cementing roots somewhere else but it's a strange because i know that i know this sounds a bit strange but if i think what am i wanting to get out of a funeral which sounds really mercenary but or mercantile but hear me out as in what am i what am i what's my what's the observance for like i'm kind of thinking like i know that um ancestor worship has been one of the earliest tenants of like modern man you know for thousands and thousands yeah. of years so i'm thinking well um i think i'll be i think i'll be sad because of the atmosphere of it i think you know the family members will be very upset and i think uh, i might be called upon in a more stalwart role just to kind of be there to kind of support people i mean maybe i could just maybe i could let go as well in a way and just kind of be part of the sadness if i'm not coping do you mean like i don't have to cope that's something else as well like it's not like a it's not like when someone's arguing and you've got to try and mediate it's like i, I can i'm not i don't just have to cope you know i can be upset yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what, what it's for yeah and it's nice to say that actually out loud but it's also but i guess it's, it's also like the i mean I, th- I think possibly in the western tradition it's a bit dull but like it's the way of seeing that generation or that member of that generation onto the next thing. In my belief, it's the dirt, but that's still important. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, not no, saying, it's, like, it's closure, isn't it? It's like yeah. the fight. It's kind of like the finality of it almost. It's, it's, I mean, it's just a, ri- it's just a ritual, you know, I mean, with Christianity as, as most of these affairs are, um, it, it, ultimately it's just a ritual it's just like you know it's the same as when you get like married you know it's you just walk down this aisle in this church and you exchange rings i mean it makes no fucking sense you know it's just a, a thing that humans do and and likewise when someone dies it's like well where do you put the body it's like well bury it you know where it's not in anyone's way or anything you know it's out it's again i don't mean to sound crass or mean or anything but just when you look at it as as a human it's just a very human and it's a very animal thing to do it's just oh well we'll dig a big hole and put the remains and then we'll bury it you know and maybe we'll put a marker with some writing on it to mark that this person was here um but ultimately yeah it's just uh in i I think though I, i agree with the whole thing of everything being incredibly dull i think the way that like I don't particularly like the way Brit- the, the British funerals go and to a larger extent funerals in the West. I think that like, you know, you, you look at, at countries like Mexico and South America and uh, even Japan, like their their funerals I've always found like way, way more interesting and to also be like a lot kinder and a lot more like a celebration of life, if you see what I mean. 
Um, whereas, uh, you know, like they have, uh, what's it, uh, thingy, uh, something, what is it, the Day of the Dead in Mexico, Los Muertos, I think. Oh, Dios de los Muertos. Yeah, which is yeah. like a proper celebration of, like, life uh, and, like, remembering all the good times. It, it seems much more like, well, it's like it's a celebration of death as well, in the sense of, like, that death isn't anything to be afraid of, you know? It, it's just a... Well, it's also it's also everyone's loss, yeah. isn't it? So rather than being like, well, your your Dia del Muerto is Dia del uh, Muerto is if it was singular, I guess. Um, if but it's not like your day is this day. It's like this is the day when everyone attempts that collective revisitation from lost, you know, loved ones. And also, like it's, I mean, it's a lot prettier as well because I think I can't remember which flowers it is, but there were like um, certain flowers which you put out particularly to lead to make sure. I need to look. I'll look up the words to this, but um, yeah, it, it's much more about everyone's collective revisitation. So it's like it's a bridging between everyone in this plane, yeah, and everyone in the next, whatever you believe that to be. Which I think I think is a blend of is a blend of Spanish and Aztec traditions. But um, I'll have to look that up. But like, yeah, the thing I find is just with yeah, with like the Western world and British funerals and stuff. It's it's very much this thing of like. Uh... You know, where it's like, oh yeah, we all we all have to wear black, uh, you know, and everyone has to be sort of like really, really sad. Um, I mean, that's why I've always sort of much more preferred the idea of like, you know, the wake afterwards, which is when, I mean, what I've done at both of them is, you know, you basically go somewhere and have something to eat and you kind of talk about all the good times you had with the person. And I personally think like the whole day should be like that. You know, it's it's... It's one of them. But then again, that's just what I think. I mean, I've only been to, like, well, of the two funerals I've been to, only one of them was, like, the religious kind. Um, and that's because my, my dad's dad, my grandfather, was uh, born a Catholic. Um, so he had, like, the proper Catholic-style uh, funeral. But again, he, I don't think he was, like, he wasn't, like, a devout Catholic, but he was, like... I mean, he was he was Irish. He was not well. He was born in Ireland and he came over to England as a baby. But yeah, genetically he was Irish. I think he was quite proud of his Irish roots as well. So he kind of you know it's that whole Catholic thing where you were, uh, you know, I guess you even if you don't practice Catholic, you're sort of born Catholic. I don't know. I'm not sure how it works. Yeah, I mean, I think it was in um, Monty Python's Meaning of Life saying like say the one thing to say about Catholics is they'll take you as soon as you're warm. Um, <laughs> The um uh, the words I was looking for it was um it's um yeah Aztec marigolds, so like yeah the particularly bright orange flower um and it's the ofrenda which is the um the the altar that you honour your loved one on, that's the word I was looking for mm. um words you probably know from the film, uh, is it Coco the Pixar film which was like a like a ten out of ten concept with a six out of ten execution yeah there's opinion. two uh, there's basically two films that got made about you know around that festival uh there was a film that's meant to be good but well there's a film that's meant to be like average but has incredible animation called the book of life uh that's meant to be a meant to be yeah it's meant to be like the animation's meant to be sick uh and then i think a few years after they made coco and like i think more people paid attention to that because it was disney um yeah and coco was okay it was okay uh yeah I, I watched it like fairly recently um I mean the um I was the other the third film I was going to say was um Scooby Doo and the Monster of Mexico, um which is is another film which has I think, 
uh, Dia de los Muertos elements in it because it's set in Mexico. Um, but uh, no, I know you, I I couldn't imagine that that probably would be the third choice. I mean, unless unless anyone else recommends any other Day of the Dead based films. But, and um, also by that we we uh, we will also accept uh, Day of the Dead, which is the. Uh, absolutely uh, seminal the, um, is it george romero it is george romero yeah it's probably i've not seen it. i only know that from red letter media but i only know i just know that it's a bit of trivia amazing it's such a good film it's kind of the um it might be the best zombie film ever made uh i think a lot of people go tend to go straight to dawn of the dead which is you know kind of the one that everyone always references it's the one that's set in a shopping mall um and it is really yeah like dawn of the dead is really good but Day of the Dead is like almost like perfection. Like perfection. Uh, like the special effects are like even better. The story is better. Uh, the acting is probably marginally better. Um, but yeah. Oh shit. Oh man. You sh- yeah. Anyone who hasn't seen Day of the Dead, go watch Day of the Dead. It's a brilliant film. Because I found myself getting into more um, like horror-based things. I'll get I'll get into that in a second. Well, a second. I mean, probably a few several minutes. But I think I guess the one of the other less famous but still very good, even though I've not finished it. Things that was influenced by the idea of Day of the Dead is obviously Grim Fandango. Oh yeah, I've heard lots of good things about that. The whole yeah, the whole the whole setting is obviously all the, all the characters look like the kind of the candy skull um, artwork. And I mean, there might be. I don't know if it's. I don't know if all the voice actors are Hispanic. I'm not sure, but like, um, very heavily influenced around that kind of art style, and and the idea of um, overseeing the the passing of the dead physically to the next realm. And also, it and also is it that it kind of it it's set in the world of the dead, and the world of the dead is kind of envisioned just for anyone who hasn't seen it. It's like the world of the dead is sort of envisioned as like kind of like is it like 1930s almost like casablanca style noir yeah it's very it's kind of like casablanca cross with our real monsters yeah, yeah. and uh, is it because the... they're also like they're also like um underling demons that kind of do the, the busy yeah, work and it's very mundane it's a, it's a very sort of like brazil uh style of uh the the afterlife as an occupation yeah as being exactly. a, as being yeah, a yeah. nine to five um which is is cool yeah exactly but also i I keep thinking about because obviously at the moment like there's not going to be anything like a wake and i think we're literally afterwards you just stand around and talk for a bit and then go home for this particular funeral but um i keep thinking of snatch because obviously that's like one of the iconic scenes there is the like the idea of the gypsy wake i don't know how true to life that is for the irish traveling community but like um yeah, that particular scene where you see Brad Pitt just like going all out before, and then that's kind of like a turning point for him in the film. But that that, that for me is like I can't I I can imagine an English wake is nothing like that. I mean, it could be. I think my sister says something interesting, which is like, um, why, like, why would everyone have? Why would there be a party for my honor without me? Do you know what I mean? Why not <laughs> yeah. just have the party before yeah. I die? Do exactly. You know what I mean? There's um, and I've heard of I've heard of cases of. I've heard of cases of people who have might be diagnosed with something terminally ill, and then they have like a wake, like ages before, a, a sort of a similar thing in case that, that that party never gets to fully happen when they're alive. So I think that that might be a better idea to kind of to literally celebrate the life in all of its essence, and then 
the funeral is maybe merely the ritual or like another occasion to uh, celebrate the life of. But yeah, I think like many things in the Anglican tradition, like I'm not, this isn't me trying to be prejudiced against like denounce those who have, you know, who follow the Queen's church. It's just, it has a habit of being a, a lot more dull compared to duller. I mean, I mean, duller and I mean, probably safer for a lot of people, but duller in terms of its calendar compared to some Catholic churches or other Catholic church, I should say. Although the Eastern Orthodox Church is, I think, counts itself as a Catholic church, just because the word Catholic means, I think, all-encompassing or something like that. But yeah, I think the point is said that about funerals or sending off dead should be not be more fun as in like, oh, cheer up, as in like it should be, it would be nice if we had a much more of a focus on life. And then I guess also if we focused on the life that someone would give, then we're not, that we don't have to like, we you know we're not so fastidious on the quest for longevity because i guess we feel that like death is like almost the kind of the punishment we keep putting off but actually if we if we're much more not pro life in the abortion arguments and if 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 we're much more willing to celebrate the life we have and what and what contribution someone can make before the passing rather than this sort of hurried like mourning and kind of like um this hurried writing of a eulogy yeah. You know, then we could. Then I think it would be much easier. And needless to say, I know that religion probably makes dying easier in a way. Not to say for everyone, but like, uh, I guess it's. But then again, I, I kind of, I have more of a hope of the idea of just going to the dirt. Um, yeah, going to the dirt is kind of more settling for me because it's kind of like it's it's more ubiquitous. I kind of know that you can see that happening with animals. Mm. You know, so in the same way that I find that the the coming the coming from relatively few things to all this stuff that we're made of is more reassuring than the more purposeful genesis from some sort of um, yeah, sort of schizophrenic between benevolent and malevolent uh, androgynous but generally male super being <laughs> you know <laughs> um, yeah the, the the sort of yeah the sort of an- androgynous sort of p- uh, being of pure energy but that also has a dick yeah because yeah like we say in his name um and all that i'd also but, recommend uh, anyone if this is kind of triggering i hope this isn't too triggering for anyone listening uh anyone who has like a really bad fear of death because i mean like i have a pretty bad one usually depending on what time of the day you catch me i tend to like swing wildly between like oh hey you know what i'm okay with this it's okay it's just you know there's nothing i can do about it just go enjoy life to being like awake at night sweating and having like a full-blown panic attack uh but um someone who has a really good attitude towards it and who you should listen to is uh the uh irish uh comedian and writer uh blind boy boat club uh who has a really good podcast uh called the blind boy podcast uh he's got a couple of really good mental health episodes he's got a whole bunch of mental health episodes actually and uh he has a really good one about um sort of his outlook on death and dealing with the notion of death uh, so I'd highly, highly recommend anyone who's feeling a bit iffy about the whole mortality thing to probably go seek him out because he says it a lot better than we do. I mean, we could probably do a bullshit bingo grid, like a five by five grid for things we say on this show, including like the Blind Boy podcast and then followed by, oh, I haven't engaged with that by, uh, I haven't engaged with that quoted to Sam. We should probably explain actually that 20 minutes in that we've not, uh, we had a bit of a hiccup last week because I did, I was 
doing a charity live stream which took more time than i appreciated and then we had the technical issues um it's probably clear that there's some other stuff going on in at least my family as well but uh we're back on the on the positive note of funerals although the positive note being that we're talking i think that's that's the thing to well yeah forward. i mean essentially what but... went wrong was i had issues with my microphone again and it not only interfered with the podcast but it also interfered with the weekly uh bad film night that us and the gang do uh i shouldn't have to explain who the gang are to listeners as if they are listeners they would have heard the gang because we have them on one at a time as guests and they're probably going to be yes i was going to say that <laughs> they're probably going to now yeah. uh, be in heavy rotation as well but basically we do a bad film night and uh it has kind of been a lifeline for me for like pretty much since we first started doing it uh which is probably just over a year ago um and not just that but in other forms we also have like a game night we we sort of do we haven't done it for a while but we do it semi-regularly where we all get together and play either a board game or a video game and that's been like a massive lifeline for me however thanks to the mic hiccup uh it meant i couldn't participate in bad film night uh and it really really fucked with my head a lot however I learned a valuable lesson from it, though, in the sense that uh, I had drunk, like, way too much kind of before film night had really started. And if I hadn't been drinking, when the mic started playing up, I would have realized, oh, wait, I have not one, but two perfectly fully functional headsets, as in headphones with a, a microphone attached, that I could have just quickly plugged in and jumped straight back in. Because uh, before I bought my expensive microphone and all my audio software and all that shit, uh, I just used a bog standard headset uh, to chat with friends and stuff. So, but because I'd had so much to drink, instead of doing that, I like threw myself on the bed, face down, kicking and punching my mattress like a fucking child, uh, and had a little cry. Um, but. Oh, jeez. No, sorry. it's all right. It's fine. No, no, no. The thing to take away from it is that was all caused by too much alcohol and not being rational because the headsets are actually hung up on like coat hooks on the back of my door. So they're in like plain view. It just never occurred to me to do it because I was being an idiot. Um, I even spoke to my mum the next morning and my mum was like, well, with your, micro- your new microphone, like your flashy microphone not working, like how did you talk and play with your friends before? And I was like, oh, well, I used my headset. And then I was like, paused for a couple of seconds. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, you know, so point is, is uh, what? there's never an excuse to get like that. There's always a backup. And, uh, you know. I mean, you, 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 can, you can have a response, but obviously at the same time, you have to understand that that is your response. Do you know what I mean? It's not, um, it's not my response. Do you know what I mean? In a way, it's like, I mean, like, like there could be there could be elements that you know was influenced by other people, but like the response ultimately is yours. And I mean, I, I was going to say, I don't. I hope I hope audiences aren't thinking that I talk to everyone in like Zoom calls or other Discord calls, like with this microphone all the time, because like I, ha- I have to have it right in front of my face. I mean, I used it for the live stream, but like, uh, like that that that's purely me being picky about audio like i do you know what I mean like say to say to tom to you you're not in the third person i find i find it rude when people refer to me in the third person when i'm in the same room but but for you tom yeah it's like 
you don't necessarily need to be on i mean like we have people who go through like fucking earphone microphones or just go on their phones to bed do you exactly know what I mean? so like, yeah so it's... i should have i should have realized that uh you know uh but obviously i basically got had so much to drink i wasn't i literally wasn't like thinking straight so to be fair i've i've had i've had my own share of temper tantrums during um film nights when i've had too much to drink to be fair so it's, you're not alone there um we're not actual temper tantrums but that kind of like stubborn thinking where like i think normally what happens is i might, I might be quiet and try and say something and i might get a syllable in then there's a conversation still carrying on and eventually i just give up but then later the next day, I kind of go like, he probably wasn't important. And it's just like, we just watched the film. <laughs> like it that, So yeah, there is there is a danger of drinking too much. And I feel like I'm, I'm more bait now these days when I drink. I'm not like, because I used to be able to actually do shit when I was quite hammered. Like I used to be able to write stuff and like, um, you know, run shows or whatnot. Now I, like, I have like two drinks and I, get on stage and i feel like if i was ever going to get on stage i feel like a huge difference same with me um, really i've i've started even, to no- notice that and even now. even when i record the podcast but maybe it's guess it's being more introspective when i call the podcast i'm gonna go fuck i've had a drink i've had a drink i've had a drink am i being loud but maybe that's just me maybe i've just gotten worse as i've gotten older but i think it's to do with getting older i've started to find that i i, I really can't handle my drink like i used to um and i have like way worse hangovers and uh as you say i find it like way way harder now to like function uh when i'm drunk whereas i used to think that like you know back when we were at uni it used to be a case of like you could pre-drink and get like probably pretty hammered before you even left to go on the on the night out and still be able to walk and navigate and get public transport and do all this stuff whereas now you know i am genuinely like i just i yeah i uh uh, yeah, you just gotta be careful with the drink. I think it's just a case of uh... yeah. Speaking speaking of modern horror, um, I have been like because I've uh, I've basically ended up with YouTube channels going on a binge, but um, I have I've been rewatching a series by a YouTuber called Layla Dyer who does who did quite an extensive playthrough of the original Pathologic, and it's not it's not bedtime watching by any means. Firstly, because bedtime watching shouldn't be a thing. And secondly, because it's spooky. quite spooky. I was going to say it's like, spooky. Uh, yeah. Um, but actually, sorry, that, I think that, it's more again like I'm just, just... Under, sorry. I'd just say that's underselling pathologic. Uh, it's not spooky. It, it's fucking just terrifying. I mean, I think we've already it's we've horrible. already hammered it home. I think enough on this podcast. But in case you didn't hear, the game pathologic is it's brilliant but it's a fucking anxiety like simulator it's what i would say is if you're a person or you're a gamer and you're very open-minded and you don't suffer from anxiety and you've gone once in your life you've gone i I wonder what that's like play pathologic (laughs) and you'll get a good simulation because i think i played it for a couple of hours years ago and i was like nope i feel horrible now and i keep looking at it thinking "I'll, i'll do one to play it but then it's like there are certain musical elements which I just know I'd be like, I'd want to put it down and like hide afterwards. Oh yeah, and the like, music. I, I know it wouldn't be good. What for is me. it like the? Uh, I know it wouldn't be good. I'm for trying me. to think of the music like the. Uh, I'm just, I don't know if it's worth replicating, it's like, but uh, one of my favorite the, tracks is "Walking Around" tracks. Is the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the 
music's like, and then the electronic music. Like the one I was thinking like, of is blah, when it, blah, blah, blah. there's one that <laughs> there's one that when you go into buildings to talk to people, occasionally there's like a really like um, I don't know what you'd call it. I'm probably getting the um, the technical language what wrong, but like they put the um, it's almost like they change the envelope filter so that um, on the I think it might be like the frequency, and so like it kind of there's a point where it's going to go and then just drops again and carries on what they're doing, and it's a really scary like kind of whatever chord or set they're doing, they just sort of amp it up, and it's almost like I don't I don't know how to describe it, but it's just like someone turning up like a single noise like all the way, so it pierces, and then they just get rid of it, and then you do it again after a while, and it just it gets rid of it, and it's, and this is when you're like reading reading lots of text in. Like almost imagine like a Wes Anderson color palette because a Wes Anderson color palette is normally very is like hyper saturated, like whatever the opposite is, like very very unsaturated colors. Like you could you could do the color palette arguably like they did in We Happy Few, where or at least like where there's a color palette but you could still see where the color could come in, which is more drab. But then when you're on your joy, then it's obviously much more colorful. But but Pathologic is just like if you imagine, uh, imagine going into a shop, like a home base or something, and go to the tools section, and look at the color of like the tool handles, the metal on the tools, the color of the floor, the color of sandpaper, the color of the sanding wheel on a sander, that kind of color palette. If you imagine that, would would that be an accurate description? Say, oh with god, some other I'd, blood red I'd stuff? say so. Yeah, it's like oh god, it's greys greens blacks browns uh yeah the whole game just looks it's mental it looks sickly it's like the game is like it well that's the whole idea of the game i suppose is you're fighting this disease in a town and it's but it's weird because it's as if like before the outbreak even really kicks off it already seems like there's something deeply deeply wrong with the town yeah absolutely but um, if you if you live in the states or if you live near the Alps or somewhere like that, and you imagine an autumnal forest, and uh, then you go, uh, wouldn't it? You know, I'm I'm sure I'd love to go do some autumn walking elsewhere in Europe. Let's say the United Kingdom, and you get to the United Kingdom, and comparatively, autumn sucks. Like we very few. I mean, we're lucky where we live. There there are some genuinely nice like. Uh, I think it's deciduous trees that do go nice reds, particularly in other people's gardens, but and, and certain parks. But on the whole, like because it's so rainy normally and and gets darker earlier, everything generally just looks brown. And so that's the kind of the same sort of jump down. You think like, okay, like horror game, yeah, expect some darkness, but obviously there's going to be like, you know, degrees of color, you know, like for effect. It's like no, the the, the lack of color is the effect that's uh, i mean there are filters depending on where you go throughout the game based on the infection rate but uh no it's not it's not a pleasant thing to look at per se i do wonder though um i've been writing a few little coding things just to get like more like random sequence generators to kind of come up with ideas for like like game worlds or something and like i do wonder how they came up with the idea of in pathologic of like the worm people and then the butchers that look kind of like vulcans but not and the whole kind of supernatural element of it, I do wonder where they kind of got that from. Because if if you try to generate those 
like just sitting in a room you kind of go that's a bit weird isn't it do i put that in but it's almost like if someone else or something else gives you the random idea it's kind of more you can then start doing the gymnastics to kind of make it fit in so i'd be really curious to know where they got those ideas of all the step culture from yeah. apart from obviously the fact that russia isn't just the western cities of st petersburg and moscow um like for example i met someone from kazan and actually they said it's really nice in summer and arguably has like inland beaches on the black sea so like it russia spans so many so much of the globe and it does obviously bordering on mongolia and other the other ex-soviet countries which are now all the istans i don't know what you call that but uh they will they're a step cultures there so like, i imagine obviously that as i say russia isn't this sort of uh even the terrible to joseph stalin yeah sector. exactly it's, it's a lot more varied than and when that, you yeah. do look at the size of it um, it's like yeah there's just going to be so many different types of places and it's crazy it's just the fact that like you could pick up the united kingdom and drop it in russia and lose it you know that that is literally how big russia is so it's like yeah there's no way you can sort of pigeonhole you should ever pigeonhole any nation especially one that's that fucking size well yeah i mean like it's uh in a similar way, like trying to pigeonhole India is like trying to pigeonhole the entirety of the European Union, and like it's because it's so there's so many different cultures within it, and it's kind of like they're probably homogenous things, but it, but like but even the UK is like there are still no I was, like I was going to say you could you can about... pigeonhole um, you can pigeonhole the UK because we 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 are a shower of cunts. <laughs> That's fair enough, but um okay, I mean on, on a more microscopic level the um. I was reading a while ago that the that the Cornish language did go extinct pretty much, but then underwent a revival. So there are people that speak Cornish today, but primarily because of linguistic research. Yeah, not because like, uh, like they've, they've inherited inherited it. Not because it's not like Welsh, where um where it has been passed down and it has survived. And they insist, yeah, and so they from insist what I understand, on speaking it. Fucking idiots. Well, I mean, like, I mean, if you spoke Welsh, like, would you want, like, would you want English to trample all if over I spoke, it? If I spoke, if I spoke Welsh, you... I would shoot myself. Well, you don't know that you've not been, you've not grown up Welsh. <laughs> Thank God, or in a, a Welsh-speaking community. But I mean, <laughs> is this, this is where your gun is pointed at this week. <laughs> Welsh. <laughs> I love you. I love the way you said that. Like, is this is. Oh, where he goes? Is this what he's? Is this who he's going yeah. after this week? <laughs> Yeah. Is that really how I come across? That on on a weekly basis, I I do have some sort of a uh, some sort of big stick up stick up. Well, my I mean, ass. I mean, it, it normally, it normally, normally it rotates between um, some sort of raci- racist Asian accent or uh, or ha- having to go at women, women. <laughs> having to go at women to deliberately juxtapose something more researched, not say fully researched, but more researched that I've would have said prior. Now it's. Uh, um, I'm sure again you could do a bullshit bingo of a Tom Tom picks a target this week for for deliberate. It's fine. I have no real problem with the Welsh uh, at oh, all. Oh no, it's it just, just I'm doing clear. a bit. But uh, and I mean that 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 would be stupid if you did because racism is actually stupid. No, exactly. Well, that's uh, the, that that's is... the joke. Wales is lovely. I've been there on holiday like twice and uh, had a really really great time. I mean, if you could teach any, you could teach the English anything about maintaining cultural traditions rather than paving over them. Then let me know. Yeah, yeah. Know, if there are, if there are any 
listens of Celtic descent from uh, Bretons or Cornish people, Welsh, Scottish, Irish. Uh, let let us let us know because um, I think the English desperately need a lesson. So this is I think this is where people get cultural identi- identity mixed up because England in particular is very much a mix because of all the invaders and the fact that because Britain decided to build an empire, Celtic when you go and spread a religion and a language, Celtic they're probably going to come visit every so often, like and. Because it's such a mix of all the different people that have inhabited the island, but then even even after that, it still it still feels like people fight for, like what is English? Like there's a whole Stuart Lee thing. I'm gonna start that again. The whole Stuart Lee thing of the joke of, you know, if you say you're English, you get arrested and thrown in jail. Yeah. And obviously that's a joke. And that's obviously that's a joke about the like obviously the, the idiocy of people like saying like in give England back or whatever the fuck they say. I've I've lost track of, of the what the general racism or the trends that are racist now. Not that I am a racist trying to search after that, but I've I've lost track of what the fucking momentum is and whatever. But um like there is there is clearly some sort of gap about English identity or culture. It's just been focused in entirely the wrong places because of um an old man from Australia who happens to run a handful of newspapers and other news outlets. Um, for anyone who doesn't, for anyone who managed- doesn't know who Sam's alluding to, it's uh, Rupert Murdoch, uh, who's the head of uh, what was he? The, what was he technically the head of? Was it, is it was it called News International? Uh, but it owned uh, something. But it I owned like know. Fox in America. Cunt, cunt letters or yeah exactly it is, it's but... basically he was this one yeah. guy who basically controlled uh and was able to like through his what what what's the phrase uh tentacles yeah basically went through his his uh yeah. intellectual properties which were basically news outlets that that reached out to the world could basically manipulate fucking culture uh it's insane that one man could be that powerful <laughs> Yeah, News International, well, which is News Corp. Then, like, Fox, essentially, is his other big thing. Then Sky, I think, is another one he, yeah. he looks after. Um, does he run anything else? So he is the owner of hundreds of local, national, and international publishing outlets, including The Sun and the Times in the UK, a few Australian newspapers, The Wall Street Journal, fucking hell, book publisher HarperCollins, holy shit. I mean, this is... It was worse than I thought. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, the point being, he's, he's put his tentacles into so much of... Uh, I mean, not not Canada and uh, New Zealand, which probably explains a fair amount of their more rationalised, rational politics from from a, from the perspective of the, um, the pillar of pointless white conservatism that is Britain, America, and Australia. That's not an official term. I'm sure that is very clear. I would talk about Rupert Murdoch. You're talking about... Uh oh, that was it. English identity. Oh yeah, so like a lot of the the scapegoats for the detriment of English identity has been you know been pointed at by these newspapers, and but but actually it's like it's actually the the people who support him, like the conservatives, who aren't actually conserving anything. They are just buying up shit and trampling on it, or letting shit go to ruin and selling it off on the cheap. That actually. Like that's that's who's the identity's being lost to. I mean, granted that 
Britain is still seen for more of its modern contributions, like the 60s in terms of its music and whatnot, um, and other things if you're into cars. But like, uh, yeah, Britain is now an embarrassment and people are feeling the embarrassment, but a lot of people have been told the wrong scapegoat. And I think the the target is actually the, the people who've uh, fudged it to get into power. I mean, that's, that's obviously just my viewpoint. So actually it's not... It's not immigrants that are ruining it because immigrants have made up... Well, immigrants contribute to all places they move to, uh, particularly England, which has been a real... It's almost as if it's a melting pot. But, uh, yeah. But uh, how do we go on to... Oh, we, we go on to this because of you saying fuck Wales in, in more or less different words. In so words. many terms. In so, in, yeah, in so many words. But... I think I think there's a similar thing about Danish and that like Danish there's a risk of it going out of fashion just because a lot of Danish people speak English, but I don't know, I don't know how true that is. I think Denmark also recently um like they recently had adverts for like baby making if that's such a possibility because like they they suffer they could be suffering like a uh like a shrinking population so like the death rate exceeds birth rate or other factors and so they've actually had to have adverts for like getting it on wow which is a strange is, thing yeah wow yeah. jesus yeah you think you wouldn't need to advertise that but then clearly it's like well th- th- that gives that gives hope for like people who who feel like who feel relatively lonely because it's kind of like you know there are clearly parts of the world where people are going like eh, you know i'm over it you know <laughs> like well that makes um, you know i've got i've that... got this i've got this i've got this cool job or like i'm you know i'm working on my house <laughs> rather than having kids yeah actually that's just reminded me of something uh of this i think it was a danish kids cartoon oh yeah it, it's gone viral uh what's it called oh here it is what the fuck is it called yeah so it's this um this danish stop motion cartoon i think called uh john dillamond uh which translates to john penis man and it's all about a man <laughs> who has the world's longest penis. Um, okay. This is real, and, it, and it's for chi- it's a children's show. I'm just Wikipedia is yeah, it's a Danish stop motion animated children's t- TV series about a man with his very long penis. Yeah, and it it features yeah. his penis getting like stuck <laughs> stuck to a bus and like getting tangled in like some balloons and getting lifted off the ground. Uh, well, I'm glad I got up today. Um, oh, there's even like, one where he's got it pointing out of a hedgerow, and a guy's threatening to chop it off with head shears. Like this, this is a kids' show. It's fucking amazing. Like, oh my god. Yeah. Um, I'm. Uh, I mean, just looking at it here, obviously, it had is extremely problematic. Um, let's see. Catherine Bennett of the Guardian praised the series as something that the British leaders could learn from, and compared to the cartoons protag- compared the cartoons protagonist to British PM Boris Johnson. Where's there a reference for that? Yeah, that's <laughs> like, ridiculous. The... I mean, I, I wasn't trying to be political with it at all. I just kind of wanted to... Yeah, oh, here we go. A cartoon fantasy about a man who can't control his penis. Sounds like reality TV. Yeah, well, that's all low-hanging um, fruit. I was just I mean, kind like... of just making a point about a Denmark as a country is clearly a bit more, um, I guess, fucked up. <laughs> I guess I mean, if, be... if they think this is appropriate for children, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. I think according to the Wikipedia, like people said, it like it normalised rape culture and pandered to nonces. <laughs> um, but 
Well, didn't it, the, the words aren't pandered to nonces. I've just said that for comic effect. Pandered pander to nonces sounds like a uh, like the name for a punk band. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? It's like, was it in Peep Show, The Swan and Peter? That's it, it's yeah. Pub and name. Superhands yeah. wants to name the band Free the Pedos. Oh, yeah, it was in the pub. Like, oh, that's it, yeah, yeah. So he wants, that, it is that, yeah. He wants yeah. to call the pub Free the Pedos, yeah. Um, but I'm sure that there are things in the UK that we do that horrify um, other people, like make mince pies, fox hunting, and like the system of class, which more or less determines your fortune in later life. Like other things like that that probably horrify uh, our neighbours. But um, uh, speaking of horrifying, uh, one thing I was going to recommend to you if you haven't looked up already is a YouTuber called Vandalore Gaming uh, for a couple of reasons. Firstly, because he has quite a good series of videos or like occasional videos on the like transparency about you know being a YouTube reviewer and his kind of methodology and sort of helping people start out. But also, like, he generally seems to review quite a lot of, like, sort of horror games or quite low, or um, ambient games. A lot of the games he reviews are quite old as well, so I've been looking into a lot of, like, really old, weird story-based games. It's kind of made me think I could change my tact in terms of trying to write screenplay and actually just write video games, which you don't... which, if you put enough time and effort, can actually... The video games are probably easier to build on your own than a fully-fledged sitcom. Mm. But... Um, it's just a thought, but yeah, he um, he reviews some fucking weird shit, but uh, it's, but he also reviews some really really old stuff in in like, probably like circa nineteen ninety six to two thousand and six, probably obviously give and take, give or take I should say, but yeah, like probably like low polygon count or even like, stuff that's made recently with a deliberately low polygon count set of graphics yeah i love that i love that stuff um, there's uh on the uh the website itch.io um there's like a whole movement of indie developers that yeah they're they're basically making these horror games that are have ps1 style graphics and they're like horror um yeah they're fucking amazing man i mean i'd love to do it's like so far up my street um i'd love mm. to make one that's that's why i thought i'd recommend yeah. it because it because I think I looked at that particular thing. It was like dusk, and I thought Tom. Like, if you've seen that on Steam, yeah, the shooter. Yeah, the shooter. Yeah, yeah, that's been on my wish list for a while. There's another game as well called um, Par- Paratopic that's really good as well. It's uh, it's only short. Oh, that's what it's called. I thought it was called Polytopic, but I mean that that made me add something else on my Steam wish list. But yeah, that was it. He reviews that as well. It's good. Um, it's um, so uh, I stopped. The only thing I'll say is it's very sh- it's, it's very it's very very short, but um, it's a good experience, and also the money you pay for it is going directly to you know but, support an indie developer to make more stuff. But yeah, Paratopic's really good. I think you cut out for a second there. Hopefully you've recorded that. We'll we'll we'll, we'll skip that out in editing. Um, yeah, might be my internet. It's probably my internet. Ugh, just I know Yours. I'm not a fan of technophobes, but I can feel myself slightly getting technophobic as i get older just or more that you have more experiences with with, with stuff not working. Well, this is what i was like with my yeah. microphone i was like i just fucking want it to yeah. work and i had like the most horrible not 1984 that's probably the wrong book uh like what's it more like probably a bit more like yeah like brazil or something but like uh i had this like dystopian moment where i like typed it on youtube like how to 
set up slash, you know, fix the Blue Yeti X. And I just got all these videos and they were all the same and they were all like 20 minutes long and they had like no information in them. It was it was complete <laughs> insanity. It was like, I was like turning them on and it was literally like every single one was like, hey, y'all, what's up? It's your boy, uh, you know. Uh, Dickin' Mouth, di- yeah. It's your dicky, boy, Dickin' Mouth. Mouth Twatson 69. Uh, and I'm here talking to you about the yeah. Blue Yeti. And then it was like just listing all this shit. And I was like, this is not, I was like, this is not information. I was like, what is this? And I couldn't find a single video uh, that that was literally like, hello, here's the Blue Yeti. This is how you set it up. It's like, just, yeah, oh, no, it's fucking insane. It, it might be that it might be that they're sponsored by Blue to review it. Um, I tell you what, if you like, um, if you like a channel that actually kind of pays homage to that kind of um, in-depth reviewing stuff about audio, but you don't want someone talking and you just want to hear some really nice ambient guitar stuff, um, look at the YouTube channel Knobs, and it is spelt the same as in Door Knobs. And uh, John Dinner is it Dillman or Dillman? That kind of Knobs. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's all about guitar pedals, and he just reviews guitar pedals. And and it's like it's kind of Wes Anderson in terms of like the the house style and it just is all kind of told through captions. But you could just you could very easily just put one on and just listen to it. Nice. But it's not like the as you say like yeah it's your boy Dicky Mouth sixty nine open brackets nice close brackets uh, here to today to slam the Blue Yeti and then go on for about twenty minutes about nothing. Um, Nothing. I don't know. Yeah, I was trying to think of something which is tantamount to nothing, but it, well, that that's what makes it, it so mind-numbing. Is like you, ca- I, ca- I can't even think of examples of what they were saying because it was just so like, oh, it was complete. Oh, I don't know. It makes me feel like if that, I felt like I was going mad. You know, I've not, I've not read the trial, but that's the closest I've heard about like is someone experiencing the trial in terms of like people i know in day yeah it's living. like being the one sane person where everything else around you is going mad and like yeah everyone seems like they're out to get you that was what i felt like although actually i think that the moment i had that which came closest to that was um the for the edinburgh fringe festival the comedy society of uob there was there's meant to be a transference of funds um or in terms of not necessarily transference of funds but an allowance to go into the red temporarily before rent payments get paid in by members for the Edinburgh accommodation okay and and the finance team not on the footnote side but on the uni side it they waited till the last possible day to do that and you know otherwise we weren't going to get the accommodation i remember waking up early that morning not sleeping it's not sleeping the night before they hadn't done it went home had a, a panic attack and then eventually came back in the afternoon going like yeah that's all done and they had like two months to do it Jeez. and it's just like what I think here's the buzz phrase, boys and girls at home. The buzz phrase, um, amongst many, for this is going to take a while is we have a high turnover of staff. If you hear that phrase, high turnover of staff, like it is, it should prick up because it means stuff's going to take a long time. Um, it also means that you don't want to work there because clearly something is booting people yeah, out. Yeah, there's a reason it's a bad boss that that's happening, or it's boring, or people don't get on. Um, or it's not just dead end, but like not even like trying to tell you what you could constructively get out of the experience, or even being self aware enough to know. Like like my last job, they have a 
knowing is like, well, no one's here to be the best. So it's like, you know, it's a job and we very openly have things that we care about more. So, so there you are. But yeah, the buzz phrase, high turnover of staff is one that you should prick your ears up at. I feel like I've, t- I've done a lot of talking. I thought I was going <laughs> to struggle, but I feel like I've... Um, I don't think we have. I think the thing. I don't think so, we have yeah. a struggle. I mean, well, we don't struggle to like talk. I think what what we shouldn't worry about, but what is probably the case is whether or not we're being interesting. But I don't give a shit. Yeah, for sure. I'll tell you something of which I have, as well as my ability to hold my drink. Something I have lost the ability to do, or at least have diminishing returns on it, is spelling. Yeah, like, I've never I, been able to spell. I mean, I, I used to. I used to. I mean, I think I was okay at spelling as a kid, and I got, and then like, I mean, I, I normally just bash things out and kind of get things corrected. So I'm like, I'm not the best speller, but I feel like even basic words, it will be like, oh yeah, that's actually how it's spelled, isn't it? Like I'm so, I don't know if that's just a a, a technical, more computer-based generation thing, or if it's lockdown. But it's not like I'm devoid of spelling all the time. Like, um, you know, if I'm typing things out or like, you know, typing out emails and looking stuff up. But it just seems to have sort of fucked off a lot of my ability just to spell. It's a weird, it's a weird thing to pride myself on, but I guess it's it's one of those like David Foster Wallace thing, like that when he said about you know we all have things that we worship and they'll they'll eat you alive, like worshiping intelligence. You'll never feel intelligent; you always feel stupid. And the same thing, you know, if you look at the this is water speech he gave to uh, a bunch of graduands, Carmen Bush University it was. This this is what happens when you don't record for quite a while, and yeah. then you just sort of have verbal diarrhea into a microphone. But I mean, at least we've we've got an episode. The episode has come together. I think that's for me. I've learned to just praise these simple things. Like, do you know what we're doing this for us and for the people who like listening to it? So, and that's enough. Any any anyone else's gravy? Welcome gravy. But yeah, you know, like, like on top of the mission objective at the um, moment. We're hopefully you know, you know gonna get better. Um, but you know, uh, the only way to get better is to keep doing shit like this and keep uh, just keep talking. I mean, there's a there's this weird there's this thing I saw. Uh, it's getting advertised on my YouTube videos. I watch shit. It's like I don't know if it's just come out or they're throwing money at the advertising for it. But there's a new service. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name it because um, I don't know how I feel about it yet. But um, because I think podcasts kind of keep getting more and more popular. Because um, I noticed that, like, the BBC have, um, you know, they've really started, like, throwing shit at it. Uh, so, so, like, there's loads of BBC-funded podcasts and stuff. And um, they're not that good. They're all a bit shit, to be honest, because they're, they're, they're not <laughs> as good as people who, like, have actually been doing podcasting for years and do it themselves. Um, it's basically just the BBC and, like, mainstream media trying to sort of jump on the bandwagon but but having none of the creative integrity that you know i've got a thing or two to say about that but but, you know not realizing what makes podcasting so good but there's this new service that's come out that they keep advertising and that that they they're like advertising it because they're like oh you know come and create content for us and basically it's this sort of platform where you just have conversations and people can listen in like live and then while they're listening in, they can like comment and like send you feedback on the fly. So it's like live podcasting. It's weird how they're marketing it. They're like they're like, oh, you know, you know, 
come on this app where you can listen to people having conversations. Uh, and it's kind of like, oh, so like a podcast. But then it's like, oh, you can respond in real time. And then it's like, oh, and you can you can queue to talk to the people having the conversation. And it's just a bit like, mm, I'm not really sure. There's some sort of catch because they're kind of like, the way they're selling it is they're like, oh, you know, come and have conversations, but you'll be working for us. You know, not like what me and you are doing. I mean, we're just doing this for ourselves and, you know people listening in or yeah, people listening in are our listeners you know it, it that and I'm, I'm happy with that but this other thing sounds weird i don't know i'm gonna probably wait till there's more going on or it's been out for longer and then i might look do some research and see if anyone's reviewed it because it seems fishy to me yeah I, mean, I, I might have seen that once twice but i can't remember the name fortunately um but yeah it's it again it's like the idea of it, it's perpetuating the idea of like in the neoliberal ideas, like nothing is of any inherent value unless there's some transaction behind it. And, but also like, yeah, people have been doing like live streaming for ages and also like even, but then the, like even things like Gogglebox, like there's still the reason they pick certain, I'm sure the reason they pick certain families is because of the performative nature. So even if Undoubtedly. you're like, okay, yeah, we're talking, but yeah, we're talking, but like we still have to be aware of the performative nature of it and even like on you know live streams you're just playing a game you still have to fill in time and you're still achieving an objective and it's also it's not just a conversation it's also why some streamers will fail and some will succeed it's because ultimately you know there are good streamers and bad streamers because like yeah they do need to have some form of charisma um you know even if they are silent while they play a game and you just look at their face for a bit you know they can still do that in a charismatic way um I mean, I'm personally not really into streamers. I tend to be into... The only streamers I watch are Let's Players that I watch. And even then, I'm not a massive fan of Let's Players. That I've just got a few that I, that I go to because I think they're really funny. I'm exactly the same. I have like a handful of people and the people who have fallen off that list as well. Yeah, but, same with yeah. me. I had, a, I had one that, that uh, I stopped what stopped watching because they literally went shit uh which was which was mental um like because their earlier stuff was so good and then it just sort of their content changed and they basically really really sold out and basically just turned into this like fucking flaming pile that just disgusts me more and more but um that's a great example of like when something initially promising and having a really good thing, like the more it gets popular, ultimately, I think it was a victim of its own success. Yeah, which is, I mean, like Alan Moore is an example. Like he's been, he's almost gone out of his way to ensure that he doesn't get popular in a way, but like refusing to take the earnings of what the Watchmen film. Apparently, I don't know how true this is, but apparently, when he was asked why aren't you going to take the earnings, he said, "Well, I want to see the look on your faces." And it's that idea of like I want to I want to see. Apparently, he says something to the effect of like I want to see you squirm when I'm not interested in your money. Yeah, um, and also like I totally I, don't know I how totally true understand that is. it yeah. as well though because he didn't he he like never wanted Watchmen to be made into a film. I mean he you know, mm. and I th- I think the only time he was remotely interested in maybe doing a film was when Terry Gilliam was originally attached to do it. Um, and that would have been incredible. Like, uh, fuck me, a Terry Gilliam, like, Watchmen film would have been, like, it would have been the shit because 
when you read Watchmen, it's just like it'd be like perfect, you know, direction. Um, I mean, I think the Zack Snyder Watchmen film is okay. Like, I kind of like it in spite of myself, but it's not like a good. Ad- it's not a good ad- uh, adaptation of the graphic novel. It's got like none of the intelligence of the of the source material. I mean, he um, Alan Moore did. Um, he did recently write his first ever straight to screenplay thing called The Show, which is based on some other stuff he was writing. Um, which I, I happen to be like a like quote unquote site coordinator for the last few days of that shoot, but um, like just because I was working in a mock hospital at the time. Oh right. But um, but uh, no idea what that show is. That film is now. It didn't. I don't know if it came out in f- f- cinemas at all. Like it, there's no. I couldn't. I couldn't see anything about it. I think it just went straight onto um, uh, like one of the novel streaming services that exist. That's driving everyone back to pirate yeah. Um But, uh, yeah, as, going back to gaming and whatnot, yeah, I do generally have like a few that I watch. I don't necessarily sit and watch streams, which is interesting because I talk to people about streams. The one thing I don't do is sit and watch streams. I should probably get my head around it if I want to get on Twitch and whatnot, which I still don't fully understand. But I disagree. I disagree. I, man, watch... I, I think you should uh, just do do the streaming yourself. You, I don't. I don't think you have to watch streamers to be a good streamer. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think just do. I mean, I still, I still use stuff like Twitch just because apparently it's easier to get monetized on it. But like, um, the, I mean, that sounds that sounds mercantile. If I didn't sound mercantile at all today, but um, the, yeah, I mean, there's also there might be some other setups to do with like other um, widgets and whatnot. And yeah, I mean, I'll look into it. I mean, also because I think as one may pointed out, it's not YouTube. And it's like, oh yeah, YouTube is owned by Google, isn't it? But um, yeah, but I don't generally watch streams. I generally watch like, for example, H Bombs Donkey Kong sixty four stream. I watched afterwards, and that's part of the, ins- the inspiration to do my own. But obviously, I watched it at my own leisure after he'd uploaded it in chunks onto YouTube. And similarly, like, um, I tend to watch like show up and sit down do live streams, which are then upload to YouTube. And that's a much more intricate setup. But like, also, who are these people that donate? Like, as much as I've done fundraising stuff, it still baffles me that like who 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 has all the cash to kind of do these to pay all these streamers do you know what i mean like it's dedicated but like i understand but i i deliberately don't question it because i at some point have been considering like trying out streaming um oh yeah i mean i'm the same i sometimes, I sometimes have to squash it just to kind of go like well just just i'm just like look, people's good faith he, yeah if for people want to like, give me yeah. money then i am happy to accept um so I don't really mind, but I do understand, yeah, because I don't have the money to, uh, you know, give donations on Twitch. I mean, I wish I did. I'd love to be able to support people, but realistically, being unemployed, I kind of can't. But uh, yeah, it, it's mad when you see how much money some people donate. Um, but that's awesome. They're good. Good for them, you know. They're they're like they're they're supporting they're supporting the creator and they're supporting someone they like they like with their sort of patronage, which is ace. Um, and it kind of gives me hope that like you know, if I ever wanted to like get into something like that, that it is possible to be be paid for doing something you like. You know what I mean? So I try not to question it. <laughs> I think there's also. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I think it would be grateful is another way of saying Yeah, that. exactly. Um, but also, I mean, it also goes to show that, like, I think anyone worth their salt is, like, they would say, 
stream what you like because or review what you like because well either from experience or you can just guess so like as soon as someone people start asking you to do shit you then do it you start to get passionate less well, that's it like if, if, if you start getting like and then that and that will come across advertisers and, and across. stuff if you start getting like sponsored and stuff like that that's when it's it's like oh shit right well now i'm beholden to this advertiser because if i don't do what they say i won't get paid so that's kind of yeah that's where things get a bit yeah there was um the uh, the youtube channel cold old crew does some really interesting stuff if you like the idea of behind the scenes like visual effects and whatnot i mean they seem to they seem to have got a lot of money from somewhere but then um they occasionally have sponsored segments so that's fine like um if you want to do what you got to do like sometimes you got to have a more regular income or at least like dedicate some of that income to deliver a sponsorship rather than donations depends what your model is um some people have a patreon you know and the promise of behind the scenes content regularly some people have direct donations because they can't make that promise uh you know there's a there's a wide array of these sorts of things but i do remember um you're probably gonna laugh you'll probably know what exactly what i'm on about uh but one time cold crew did was sponsored they have a sponsored segment which of course you can skip uh, by Raid Shadow Legends, oh, which you see all the fucking time. Yeah, that's become a kind of a like, bit of a, a, a meme unto and itself. And that's become like, an, yeah, exactly. And it's like, um, okay, I mean, like, I've, I'm sure I've clicked on ad- articles advertised to me, particularly around travel, um, or obviously I've like Googled stuff. But and you know, and then there's you know debates on you know, are are you getting a good lay of the land based on the uh, priority results given to you but also like um like a- anyone with a more of a pain more than a brain sorry i'm gonna start that again this is going contra- to contradict the point i'm about to make but anyone with a brain bigger than a peanut would surely go and take multiple sources or have sources which they know are more reliable or like you see something on facebook you can then go and confirm it with your national public news outlet or um a trusted broadsheet newspaper do mm. you know what i mean like you can um you you do have the capacity to go and double check stuff yeah but by the same token also like people can you can't ignore adverts and it's like i don't i mean if you're a marketer listening to this please please tell me what marketing where marketing has done well outside of charity or things like live aid if you if you sit and market fucking raid shadow legends like please please get in touch um not about raid shadow legends um but like, please, please tell me what the um, the corporate ladder looks like for marketers of Raid Shadow Legends. Yeah, you like, can get in touch with Sam. Uh, leave me out of it because I, I really don't care. That's true, and also in a way that they've won because I'm talking about it. So actually, they've yeah, no, they've all, I've already lost because I'm talking <laughs> about it. You've you've made the right response in not caring. Um, it is it is infuriating though, and I'm more, like, I don't I don't really know what the adpocalypse was on YouTube, but like. Um, it, it happened and there's more ads yeah it was also i think loads of people getting demonetized um like people who really relied on that income um yeah. i know for like so one of the let's players i really like i've noticed that they um i mean you know because i'm clearly if this podcast is anything to go by i'm some sort of bigger um <laughs> The uh, the the let's players weren't necessarily the most politically correct, you know. They'd make they'd swear a lot. They'd make sort of what you could be considered offensive jokes. Um, pretty much all of which were funny in context, you know. I, I I'd say they never offended me, and 
when they were being offensive, it was always like, you know, clearly, clearly them being tongue-in-cheek. However, um, they now censor themselves. Uh, It's not too bad, but they sort of bleep stuff. And what I've noticed is that... um, a lot of their videos have become monetized, but what they've done is they've retroactively gone back to like old videos. And I think, I think they've cut some jokes out or they've like, they've basically gone back and bleeped all of their swears and stuff. Um, and I, it's a bit of a shame because like, I don't know, maybe like some nerds on YouTube or like some super fans have gone and like, managed to decensor or find the original uncensored episodes and uploaded them elsewhere but basically there are like certain sh- episodes that like i can't now go back and watch in their original form because you know they're now bleeped it's not a huge deal but do you see what i mean it's yeah. like but i understand why they've had to do it because those videos because of the change in whatever it is the change in service that youtube put through the adpocalypse thing it means that they're now having to censor themselves so that videos can be monetized. But the other really surreal thing is that that... So swearing and stuff automatically gets you flagged. I think another thing they suffered from is, like, getting copyright hits um, when no copyright infringement had actually been committed. That was a bad one. Um, But then also, though, somehow on YouTube, these really bizarre videos that are made by computer programs still manage to slip through, like obscene stuff that's like meant to, it's meant to reach children, but it's not for children. It's like really disgusting content, but it's been made by like online weirdos to target children. That stuff all still like slips through the net and still ends up on there and that is still like you know it's it's fucking nuts uh i mean the the youtuber spiffing brit is actually like um i mean i I like some of his content but like he's the thing he's done most recently has gone on a campaign to actually like his his the theme of his videos is normally exit game is a perfectly balanced game um well obviously the joke being like he tries to break them and so like his games are normally like in a very very deliberately stereotypical british like persona but he um but he generally deliberately goes to break games not even like just older ones just like new games even like civ 6 he he can then go and find all the exploits and then show them but then he'll do stuff like um exploit certain like bugs in steam sales like just to say like no the game you know like fix this because people being aren't being paid properly but also like he's in the last month or so he's been on on the ante about youtube and essentially like what you can do with youtube advertising is if you're part of the partner program the in terms of your impact youtube generally looks at a few metrics but most of those metrics are skipped when you use community posts and so people who have never heard of you or have no intention of looking at your content can see your community posts um which are privileged if you're i think over a thousand subscribers or something and so like he actually as much as he benefited from it and said like look people benefit from it while it lasts but spread the word because youtube is fucking broken and it has been for quite a while mm. but like it's um and yeah like you know it's it's a big platform for a lot of people you know and it's still been like it's probably my like um my ma faiblesse as they say in french which is like my weakness but in the same way that like chocolate is someone's weakness um like the idea of 
like what it, what are you a slut for essentially um <laughs> and for me it's like i um, hey hey I now am, who's I am now who's pointing their gun you're saying it because if you're no, saying someone it's... who has a you know a healthy sex life and you know gets out and has you know a healthy relationship with their body and other people's bodies you know uh, is is you know now branded a slut no, I'm I am transferring that word over from No, I I'm on your side. I feel that slut shaming is appalling. In in other words, I wish I was a slut. Like I wish I was for what people have historically assigned to that. Like I wish I wish I was that. Like I don't know why you like like you know, but I'm shifting the emphasis like Tim Key does by putting the word slut in all his shows. Like show titles, like um shift the word over to um I mean I was using very crash shorthand for gagging for or even you know shorter shorter hand for it's like fine sam um, you don't need to explain yourself well, to me yeah no but i do I, it's part I, of the character i, I would not extend the, last... the same courtesy to you believe me <laughs> that's a good point yeah oh yeah i forget who i'm talking to sometimes <laughs> <laughs> um luckily we're not monetized i mean like I've always been a fan of the idea of retrospective, no, retroactive. No, not retroactive. It's a reverse engineered sponsorship. So, like, we well, end up doing like a really stupid advert for like Links Africa, and then they kind of go, "Well, they've already made the material. Like, we can't not." You know what I mean? Like, but it's probably it's probably contracted in. I'm not saying Links Africa because it is inherently good in any way. It's just like it's more like you could aim it at grandmas going like do you not know what to buy your grandson for the 15th year in a some row? reason though when um, you just said no. aim it aim it at grandmas i thought you meant like physically pick up the can and aim it at your grandma <laughs> and just like spray <laughs> them in the face with it fucking hell we come full circle i think talking about grandmas um well, in my head we have because that's whose funeral I'm going to tomorrow. yeah in all seriousness man i am i am sorry for your loss and like i hope the day's okay that's all right. I mean, it's just going to be long, just because it's going to be like several, a few hours there, a few hours sure. back, and m- much more prep work than if it was down the road. It's also, I mean, because of lockdown, things are just going to be worse. Like, we never, we can't really stay for long. Couldn't go to my dad's dad's funeral because that was right in the middle of the first lockdown. So he's lost both his parents in the space of a year, not to COVID, which is kind of a blessing, but um, yeah, it's still, yeah, both still just sucks. like. It still sucks. I mean, it's also the like, the things obviously could have not happened. Like my dad's dad, like he just like hurt his hip again, and then just in hospital, it was just like one of those moments where it's like, nah, my body's like, well, I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm just done. And uh, my granny had she had quite a horrible fall in her home, but like, which sounds like a horrible way to go. But I guess like she didn't. There was no point apart from maybe the last few weeks before that she she never sucked suffered much of the indignity of old age or that it can bring. Yeah, my it, uh, it depends on the outlook on my, things. My um my dad's mum, she similar thing happened to her. She like had a fall, and then basically after that, like wasn't really the same. Uh, she like had gone from being kind of up and about to like uh, once she'd had the fall, it was then like could then barely move and then was bed bound and was like bed bound for like so long afterwards you know it's like when the uh it's like when the quality of life just drops so rapidly it's so sad you know what i mean it's like uh yeah i mean that's the thing like my my grandpop maybe like the last three years of his life he was kind of like 
getting annoyed because he couldn't go walking and forgetting things, which would annoy exactly. him. Exactly. Maybe yeah. with, with Granny, maybe apart from like the last month, like she was maybe forgetting things and being a bit dizzy. But I think when she fell, this, sorry, this is going to be morbid and um, this could be cut out, but um, she fell and apparently that was it, just gone. So there was little to no suffering whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, people, again, different views on death and whatnot, but like, I guess there's a fortune in that in a way i mean they're both in their early to mid 80s and like and i think there's kind of there must be a point at which like for everyone where your body just goes this probably sounds more poetic rather than like the actual there is obviously the senescent science of it but like there's a more poetic element where they just go i'm i'm done i'm checking out you know Mm. like here's the keys keep the change you know and then just go and but then if if we weren't so worried about the death bit then we can kind of be more valued about the life along the way because even if like even if you lost someone like and they were relatively young you could kind of go like well you know depending on how full of life they were they may have con you know fulfilled more of a life in that time exactly you you look purely at longevity that's the thing is uh longevity for like longevity's sake is um i've never really understood it when you sort of Mm. but it only it only really hit me when i like well, it was when I basically had my like first panic attack, really, and and again, like most of my panic attacks, nearly all of them, really, they're they're all induced by the exist. What you know, I guess, what is you call? I don't know what else to call it. The existential uh, terror of of almost re-remembering that I'm going to die. You know, uh, yeah. It, but it, it makes you realise as well, though, that. Um, there's a you know there's that difference between like living and existing right you know it's like longevity mm. for like longevity's sake it's a bit like well yeah you know what what are you exactly getting out of life and that's why i always find it so sad when you know someone's like old and bedridden and is like really suffering you know to the point where it is a bit like you know but then again i wouldn't begrudge anyone that because what's the alternative the alternative is like to die and it's like well no one really wants to do that you know so it's like uh yeah it's tough uh and and it's just one of those things it's one of those like impossible situations because it's like i i've kind of resigned myself to the fact that like one thing i'm scared the most of is like i really don't want a deathbed in the sense of like i don't want to be in a bed surrounded by like my friends and family and just like be dying and be like aware that like in a few minutes i'm like a proper like a yeah like a pro i I don't i was gonna say like like a volpone kind of figure where like um i've not read it but i just know the vague premise but like either the you are literally at like the like a beck and call of you know your well, your your family and friends are your beck and call, and then like they're like just watching like the worst the worst fucking timeless live stream. Yeah, ever, exactly. Where, like, That's it. It's it's, it's finish, a really shit of stream yeah, yeah. of like a game you're not really interested in. Yeah. And you're stuck watching it because you have to. Uh, when's it? When's it going? I want to support, but when is it? Yeah, end? Like, like we know what the objective. That's is, it. Like yeah. I I don't want to be like lying in bed like like paper thin at like a hundred and two. And like I'm like fucking blind because like you know everything goes you know when you get older like at some point um, and like I don't want to be like lying there and being like you know this is it you know what I would prefer is like to be like I don't know 
maybe hit 80 and like be out mowing my lawn one day and just have like a fucking heart attack and die like that's fine you know like or or i don't know maybe i'll just buy a gun and then get one of you i'll and then get one of you guys to kill me um i'll just just like give it get you all together and just say now whichever of you wants to kill me the most you can do it but like you know just 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 to like drop dead instantly and not know it when it happens i think that's probably the way i'd prefer to go because that way yeah. you just, you just go out without any fear or anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, I, I mean, I'll say I'm trying to draw the episode to an end, but it is entirely my fault bringing death up. I mean, it's not not uncommon in this. Series. No, it's all right, but um, it's important, man. I think I don't, more, more I don't want to call it. To, uh, the the only other place actually I would direct people if they uh, again, if this was at all triggering, another really good thing to watch, if you can, is uh, please go and watch the uh, animated show on Netflix called The Midnight Gospel. Um, it's oh, I've heard that's really yeah, good. It's, yeah, it's it's basically it's collaboration between uh, Pendleton Ward, who's the guy who made Adventure Time, and the comedian Duncan Trussell, who's a really really. Uh, really really um talented uh, comedian and i didn't realize what it was at first i thought oh it's a cartoon a la the you know adventure time but what it actually is is it's duncan trussell's podcast uh but set to animation and with some and, oh, cool. and with some extra voice lines to make make the story of whatever you're seeing kind of flow better but for the most part it's just a podcast that's been set to animation See that was that was what I was going to say earlier before we I know I was keep trying to end it but the fucking tirade I was going to go on was that I've done a like I've done, I did a comedy workshop with a writer for the BBC which is quite good but then like it makes you think like looking at I mean BBC are thank fuck bringing back the television channel BBC3 next Oh I heard year about that yeah that's good new, that's good they, news Yeah they're finally pulling the fucking finger out and I'm pointing at the screen even if there's someone there to tell off but what is the fucking point in encouraging, like, original writing if you're not going to fucking commission it, if you're just going to do remakes? And it goes to Hollywood as well. You're going to do fucking remakes and, you know, remakes of British sitcoms or fucking children's films so that either the adults don't grow up or they, there's nothing for the children of today to go on with. And even if you, when you do present original content, you either fucking squeeze the balls off of it like Warner Brothers <laughs> would do and, like, just give you $50 or fucking not even give it a proper treatment and go, we like your script, but we'd like to workshop you for fucking have I got news for you. Like, just... And that's the thing is, like, why create a service if you're then going to tweak it? The best things just come out. Like, or don't, I'm gonna blow or uh, don't write anything either. Uh, just tell, tell, I mean, tell the that, actor but like, if you to want... just improv, because as we all know, uh, <laughs> yeah, Im- yeah, improv yeah. is always funny. Yeah. If you get four comedians in a room and just tell them to just yeah. improv, oh, thank it's you. always going to be funny. I mean, just look at the uh, look at the, the Ghostbusters uh, reboot, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah, some just don't even, yeah, people don't even want a fucking writer yeah, anymore. Just, just like, I'm not employed. I'm not even employed as a writer. I fucking pretend to be one for my own comic effect and my own misery. But it's just like, but yeah, that, that why why press the need for it if you're then if there's going to be you know competitions which can't seem to be any way of doing it. But otherwise, like the only thing that seems to create decent content is fucking 
going out there, making your own shit that you like, like this, not expecting any... And I think that's, that's something which has plagued me my whole life, hoping making something that gets picked up. It's like, no, make something you fucking yeah. like. And like, put oh, it no, out this for, is me telling put myself it out as well. Free. Put, it, put it out for free. That's what uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone did. They just fucking, like... To the, they they didn't even put credits in their first South Park episode, which was probably like to their own chagrin. But like, they just fucking made it because it's dumb, and they like wanted to do it. Wanted to make each and other like, laugh. Was was South was South Park a Comedy Central commission? Fucking no. Like, have you ever seen Six Days to Wear? No one would fucking commission it. You just see how they fucking write and just like, you know, oh you know Bill Hader's on the show. Like, I wonder how that changes things. Nope, it's still fucking. Those guys still doing like horrendous accents and like talking about shit, and, and then with a bit more American satire than could be said for any given episode of Family Guy. But um, I don't know. Sorry, I'm gonna end the tirade, but I'm sure it's a tirade I've gone on about before. But it's just there, there seems to be a vacuum for like original content, which is why indie games are doing so well. Because it's like, oh, someone had an idea which is better than AAA well, games. Well, that's the main... Without any of the ethical questions. To, to me, yeah. that's the main uh, thing with getting a gaming PC. I mean, I, I did buy like the most expensive graphics card because I'm an idiot and I'm also a snob. But it wasn't really to play games with the best graphics. That's kind of an added side benefit. Mainly for me, it was to just have access to like Steam because you can get all the indie games uh that's the big thing for me with pc gaming it's it's the 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 landscape's changed a bit nowadays because indie 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 stuff goes on consoles now which is ace um Mm, yeah but even so there's like really indie stuff that is only on pc but yeah it's it's nuts uh as well when you uh you sort of see some of the stuff that does pass for comedy these days it's like uh Mm. Like it's really horrible, but like if you if you like look at stand up on TV now, it's like stand up has like d- died a death, man. It yeah. is like I mean I don't really watch it. Yeah. It's just fucking nothing now. You know, it's like I mean, there's always been bad stand up, but like the stuff that gets televised now is like um, it's it's complete insanity. It's like. Uh, it's it's like Im- it's not even so much that it's oh, not funny. What- it's just embarrassingly yeah. like again vacuous is a good thing. It's like uh, God Christ, yeah. You just have to watch someone like fucking. I'd say what. Um, it's okay, no, I was just gonna say I, I better not name. I shouldn't name any names, but yeah, there was like. Um, no, I'm 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 gonna name I'm gonna name a name for one particular clip which I watched a few years ago, which is exactly the direction we're going in. Um, Nick Helm, who like does. Like, originally did quite weird stuff, or like he was known for quite like a weird personality, which I don't think he should have ever seen the day, the daylight of television or the, the screen light of television, but like could have done very well in the same way the beta males done well, done well on Radio 4 and like their own shows um, before calling it a day when appropriate, but like, or rather when they saw fit, from what I understand. But like, there's a clip of him at Live with the Apollo just bombing. <laughs> oh, you God. Ever, you might have to send me that. If you have. If you ever want to ruin a good day, like I'll send you, I mean I'll send you it, like as if you need anything more to you know, <laughs> anything more to annoy you, but like um Oh man. I'm not gonna watch I, I, I kinda might have to watch this. I don't know, maybe. Um You might have done, you might have it doesn't but, matter. Fucking uh, watch this and this this is the, maybe maybe over maybe if we get reasonably big we'll do a bumper pack of like things which just signal the end of our 
as we know it <laughs> in this country. Yeah, like it's it's mad. I mean, wh- oh, one that was re- one that God. was really bad, and I never saw any of. Uh, but I saw it advertised, and it just was like it looked like it like upset me how bad it looked. Was um, there was something <laughs> called um, I think it was on. I think it might have been on BBC Three. It was called like the Stand Up Sketch Show. Right. And uh yeah, the whole idea was produced produced by committee with a fucking name. Yeah, basically. That, yeah. And like the whole thing was like, oh, it's like stand ups, but they do sketches but also do bits of their routine. Just watch Dolomite. Just if you want to see that, just watch oh, Dolomite. Oh fuck me. Dolomite's <laughs> fucking in- man, Dolomite's fucking incredible. Yeah, I know, yeah. Oh bloody Do- Dolomite. Yeah, I mean, no, Dolomite's even got like, kung fu in it. It's got titties. It's got yeah. you know, it's it's got everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. No, Dolomite is um incredible. So yeah, definitely yeah. watch that. But this is like um yeah, it it it, it looked awful. And uh, shit, what else was there? I'm sure there was something else that was like that fucked me off. Fucked me off as well. That was like so painfully like. Oh, that was it. Um. I like uh, I caught a bit of like an Eddie Izzard uh, stand up big arena gig that had been filmed, um, and it was my understanding that he was like meant to be quite funny, uh, and I like just watched like I couldn't even handle five minutes of it. Again, it was just so, again, so in- insanely bad. Uh, well, maybe not bad, but like I don't know. I just I I didn't find it funny. I kind of saw where it was meant to be funny. And people were, like, roaring with laughter in this, like, massive arena that was, like, completely sold out. But I just was like, shit. I was like, there's nothing about it that's got any, like, bite to it or, like, you know, any remotely funny imagery, you know? Yeah, I think I seem to laugh more at, like, Ellis telling you to fuck off on any common or public forum wherever possible rather <laughs> than, like, anything constructed. <laughs> um. I think we've gone over. I know I've keep trying to end this a few times, but maybe that that's probably a better place to end the episode than on death. I also, I also just, I'm desperate. I know I keep talking about death. I'm desperate to avoid this series being tagged something like life, death, and big dicks. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm really, I can just imagine someone doing that as like a tag, like a sub, well, or even I just think, confusing I, this with another. I think show we know what the episode can be called. Oh, there we go. Oh, I've, I've, I've trapped myself. Oh God. It makes sense though, because we did talk about life, death, and and you talked about a Danish cartoon of a man with a big dick. Oh yeah. Uh, 